0: Now, listening to the Pats Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pats Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with Rich Hill on this victory Tuesday following a big divisional win over the Jets all talking about the things that happened in the NFL in this week 12. Good things overall for the Patriots. Before we get to that, Rich, how was your Thanksgiving?
1: It was beautiful. It was nice to take some time away. Coming off the bye week, had way too much turkey. I actually got a 16-pound turkey for free. Which is the best way to do Thanksgiving, right? A lot to be thankful for with that one. Uh, It cooked it beautifully. Had my Brussels sprouts that were tasty. The mashed potatoes, had pumpkin pie and apple pie. So it was it was a beautiful Thanksgiving. How was yours?
0: It was great, man. I I never lose appreciation for that holiday. A lot of lot of eating, a lot of napping. Some pretty boring football games, which is they really exactly what the doctor ordered for me. I actually got away from my phone, away from my computer for a couple days. It was good to kind of unplug and just unwind a bit. But I'm glad to be back into the swing of things and glad to be back watching Patriots football because the Patriots certainly righted the ship this week against the Jets. Took them out 27-13. We'll get to that in a little bit. But first, Rich, I'm very happy to report that as far as the NFL week that was Week 12, pretty much every single game that could fall in New England's favor did so.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and we, we can start off by talking about the the fellow 1 p.m. game between the, the Jaguars and the Bills, because uh, A, the Jacksonville Jaguars look atrocious, and that head-to-head tiebreaker that we were worried about after week two is absolutely not going to come into play, so just chef's kiss, mwah. love to see that. And on top of that, I know that the Bills won. Josh Allen, their rookie quarterback, ran for 99 yards, threw 460 more, had two touchdowns on the day in total. But my favorite part about it is that the Bills are just absolutely screwing themselves out of a top draft pick, and it cannot get any better than that.
0: No, it's true, man. You you almost want to laugh. The only concern I have is, is this some kind of scenario where the Bills are kind of finding their feet too little too late for the season, but they're going to be that team that's just a thorn in everyone's side in that last stretch, and they're going to play spoiler to a lot of teams? I ask that because the Bills play the Patriots in Foxborough in week 16, I think. So I'm just wondering if you have any concern about the Bills kind of coming in and playing spoiler for some playoff hole pulls.
1: Yeah, no, not really. I mean, you, you look at how they scored these points. They got a 75-yard touchdown pass from Josh Allen to Foster, which is just, I mean, what are you going to do about that one? That was just a freak play. And then, no one else really had over 50 yards on the day. So if you have that one big play, sure, the Bills' defense is going to be great. They're always going to be great, but they're also playing against Blake Bortles, who has now been benched. Uh, so hmm. finally, again, for Cody Kessler. So that that is over. Jaguars are throwing in the towel on their season. The Bills, I don't expect them to play spoiler. I don't say that by thinking that they're going to be an easy out because they do have one of the top three, five defenses in the entire league. Super talented. I really appreciate all the talent that they have there, but their offense just isn't there. They're missing too many pieces on the offensive line. There aren't enough threats at, at like receiver. So this they're going to be a part of a lot of pretty boring, low scoring affairs, but I don't think that they're going to ruin anyone's year.
0: Let's stay in the AFC East, Rich, and move over to the Dolphins going to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Colts won on a last-second Vinatieri field goal. Vinatieri yeah. coming up big for the Patriots yet again. Dolphins done. Oh yeah, Dolphins
1: have been done since week four, probably. I mean, they started out three and zero. They've been two and six since, and one of their wins was against the Jets. So they are not a they are not a strong squad. Frank Gore is their only reliable piece on offense, other than Kenyon Drake, who just somehow isn't centered. In there, I mean, if, I just really want Kenyon Drake to join the Patriots at some point. He is just such a good talent. He had, I, I believe, 96 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns on the day. I mean, without him, this Dolphins team is awful. I don't know how they can't find a better role for him. But this is not a good Dolphins team. They're not well-rounded on offense. Yeah, sure, Ryan Tannehill doesn't make mistakes. And yeah, maybe at his best, he could be an Alex Smith-type game manager. There just isn't a good defense. There isn't a good enough, well-rounded team. And then, you know what? Props to the Indianapolis Colts. They've been playing extraordinarily well. They came back from being down 24-14, so they scored 13 uh, in a row uh, unanswered. Finatieri just playing a huge part there. I'm actually more concerned that the Colts, if they make the postseason, they're probably going to knock out a team in the wild card, and I'm not going to be too surprised about it
0: i tell you, man, the AFC South is shaping up to be a real mess come playoff time. Right now, as of this podcast, the Texans and Titans are locked in a pretty close game. It's 14-10, Houston at the moment. But, yeah, I mean, the Colts are coming to their own. They're at the right time. They're definitely in the playoff hunt, and so it should be fun to watch. Probably the game of the week, though, from a Patriots perspective, was the 425 game, Steelers at Broncos. The Steelers are just continuing to win games in the last couple minutes. Playing down or up to their competition, and then they can be down 16 points with 45 seconds left, and they'll somehow score 16 points and win it overtime. That's how they've been winning games the past couple weeks. Luck ran out though this week. Ben Roethlisberger threw a horrible pick at the goal line to lose the team the game Broncos beat the, the, the Steelers 24-17 and because of that the Pats usurped them and are now locked in the two slot the Steelers have a pretty tough slate of games coming down the stretch Rich based on what you've seen of them so far do you think they're a they are still the biggest threat to the Patriots between now and the Super Bowl
1: um, well, so there's a lot to unpack there. So the Steelers are 7-3-1 and right now. As you said, they always play up or down to their competition, so they could win any of their upcoming games, or they could lose them. And so if we look at the rest of their schedule, because in my mind, they are the toughest competition for the Patriots with regards to that second seed overall. I mean, there still is a chance that the Patriots could overtake the Chiefs, but if we're just focusing on getting that first round by, I think the Steelers are the toughest competition because they have that head-to-head against the Patriots in Week 15 But Steelers' next game, they're hosting the Los Angeles Chargers, who are very, very, very good. And so while the Steelers play up or down to their competition – They've lost to the Chiefs. They've lost to the Ravens. I mean, I, I just don't know whether or not this team is any good. I think that they're just more average than anyone wants to, to give them credit for, and I would expect that. The Chargers could give them an absolute run for their money. Then, yeah, they, they go play the Raiders, which should be an easy win for the Steelers, but they go with the Patriots, then at the Saints, and then they host the Bengals, and divisional round games are always pretty tough there. So, I mean... There's a very real chance that the Steelers team could struggle to get 10 wins on the year, right? Because they could, you know, they have seven wins right now. Who are their three victories, right? If you have the Chargers, Patriots, and Saints, do you see the Steelers winning any of those? I mean, if, if they don't, then they're not even a 10-win team, and there's no way they can get a first-round bye with that.
0: I will say though, I mean we can talk about this closer to the actual game. I feel like the Steelers have their best shot of being the Patriots this year. It seems that when it goes to Pittsburgh every single year, it's always a good game in some capacity. Might be their best shot this year. However, that's down the line of ways. Talking about what's going on immediately, and the Patriots just pretty handily beat the Jets, led by Josh McCown. The oldest combined quarterback duo between Brady McCown, I think. Second of all time, I believe. Combined 80 years and 200 days between the two of them. Pretty remarkable. Game was never really in doubt. The Jets had one good drive. Patriots looked good. Overall thoughts, Rich, on this game?
1: Yeah, it's boring. I, don't know. I feel like there's been a lot of games where the Patriots have won pretty comfortably. I mean, they more than doubled the Jets score. And I don't know, I never felt like they were running away with the game. I never felt like they were in total, complete control from the first set. And I love seeing Sonny Michel out there. He's probably one of the most dynamic young players we've seen on the Patriots in some time. So I love seeing him out there. Edelman looks great. Josh Gordon, I mean, caught all five of his targets for 70 yards. Gronkowski returned. Hogan had his role. James White was out there producing as well. So there was a lot to be excited about. And yet, it, it didn't feel convincing. I, and I don't know what exactly I'm looking for out there because, uh, I mean, they did a great job stopping the run. The The Jets running backs had 12 carries for 49 yards, so that is great by the Patriots' run defense. And sure, I mean, the, the Jets receivers had some production out there, but, I mean, 13 points is 13 points. The Patriots did a great job.
0: I don't know why I don't feel comfortable. Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess it's just a classic case of Patriots fandom overtaking us. Um, the Patriots are eight and three. They're the two seed. They won handily, but it's still not good enough because they weren't winning the right ways. I don't know. I'm with you. They look fine. Maybe it's because the Jets. The Jets are bad. Whatever the case, I think that on the on the plus side steps were made and I was very impressed with the offensive line and the running game. It's amazing what the return of Shaq Mason and Sony Michelle does to this offense, Rich.
1: Oh, absolutely. We can't undersell what the, what Rob Gronkowski means to this offense with regards to his blocking. He was out there on the edge. I mean, he was sealing all of these jets linebackers. Like it was nothing. And Dwayne Allen is a fine blocker. or He's just not as reliable out there in that role. Neither is Jacob Hollister. Who you can't really count on out there. So, You just see how Michelle and James White, I believe Kevin Duffy of the Boston Herald tweeted this out, is that the Patriots had three runs for 25 or more yards against the Jets on Sunday. They had three runs of 25 or more yards all 2017. So, I mean, this was a very great day on the ground for the Patriots. Sony Michelle looked fantastic. He had a few other big runs taken away due to pretty ticky-tacky penalties. So it was a great day for the Patriots, because when you're able to run the ball, you're able to control the clock. It opens up the play action, and we can talk about the passing game with Tom Brady in a little bit, but it really sets the tone with the opposing defense being unable to stop pretty much the most basic plays that the Patriots are throwing at them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be very demoralizing and emasculating if you can't stop the run, because that's just putting on a helmet on a helmet and running it down their throat. If they're scheming, if they are... Manipulating the playbook, that's one thing. But if you're running the ball down the team's throat and you're imposing your will, it's a great way to control the game, especially a quarterback like Brady, who's so good at the play action. He really makes it a lot easier for him. I think Brady looked pretty good. I don't think he looked great, but he didn't really need to look great. And I'm wondering if Michelle can stay healthy, if James Devlin could keep doing what James Devlin did, what a game he had as a blocking fullback on Sunday. I'm just wondering if this might be the Patriots we're seeing, almost like back to the the 3 4 teams with Corey Dillon when they ran the ball a lot. They weren't asking Tom Brady to put the team on his back, and I'm actually okay with that. He, he's 41 years old, man. I mean, you've got to give the guy a break once in a while. He's been carrying this team for almost 10 years now. You know, I think it's very, very well time for him to take a break a little bit, not be a game manager because he's Tom Brady, but having a very solid running game and a good blocking tight end in Gronkowski, even though Jamal Adams, who I love Jamal Adams, what a what a great pickup he was for the Jets. I think he got the better of Rob Gronkowski in the passing game, but as a blocking tight end. Gronk is still one of the best in the league. if not the best in the league. And that combination of Gronk, Devlin, Sony Michel, and then James White, a change up back, I think if they can keep those guys healthy and on the field at the same time, they can go very deep, especially as the games start getting colder, the temperature starts dropping, and possessions become at a premium. I love what I saw from the Patriots offensively in that respect.
1: Oh, absolutely. And we can throw in that Rex Burkhead is returning from the injured reserve yeah. this week, which is great to see because when Michelle went down, I was like, oh, no, this Patriots offense is going to stall. They're not going to be able to do anything. And having Rex Burkhead out there just gives another horse in the stable, which will be very nice for the Patriots offense. And, I mean, for Tom Brady, he wasn't sacked the entire day. The Patriots offensive line, as you said, did an outstanding job. I believe he was hit maybe like five times on the day. But for the most of the time, Tom Brady was kept clean in the pocket. He was able to maneuver. He looked settled, which was just night and day compared to how he was playing against the Tennessee Titans. I don't know if it honestly is just what Shaq Mason, Sony Michelle, Rob Gronkowski, Marcus Cannon at full strength. What does that all mean for Tom Brady? Maybe that is the entire difference. If so, then so be it. But I think that just having whatever caused that time to exist, we'll have more film breakdown on past to kind of try and analyze how and why he seemed more settled. I think it was just the play action. Honestly, I think it was just having Sonny Michelle out there. We saw the fruits of it very early on with those chunk plays that just haven't existed all year. He's finding Chris Hogan multiple times, 27 yards, 20 yards, found Gronk for 34, Josh Gordon, 23, Julian Edelman had a catch and run for 36. I mean, They were able to pick up these chunk yards because the play action existed because Rob Gronkowski was on the field because he provides that flexibility where if he's in, I don't know if he's blocking. I don't know if he's going for a route where if you have Dwayne Allen, I mean, I'm not going to be worried if he's going to run into a route. There, There just isn't that versatility with Gronk. You have to respect it. That opens up plays down the field. Then the defense has to start thinking too much. Gronk might not be the same player that he was prior to his third back surgery but he's still an enormous part of what makes the Patriots offense successful, and we saw why on Sunday.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, just having him on the field in some capacity completely changes the complexion of the offense and how the defense can scheme for him. And, of course, Todd Bowles opting to accept the penalty and oh give Tom gosh. Brady one more chance didn't hurt things either. Great to see a seam route for a touchdown. Overall, very happy with it. It's so great to see that Edelman, Gordon Gronkowski, Chris Hogan, Sony Michelle, Philip Dorsett, James White, Crowdero Patterson, all caught a pass from Tom Brady. That's so good to see. You don't want to see him zeroing in on Edelman and, and Hogan and, and White the way he has been. I actually love that White only cost one pass for five yards. It was nice. Really good to see him spreading the ball out because that's exactly what this team needs. Oh, totally. Defensive, defensively, Rich, how much do you really take away from this game? It was Josh McCown. It was a banged-up Jets team. They decided not to run the ball at all for some reason, even though they have a pretty good running back in Isaiah Crowell. Weird game plan. It looks good, 13 points to 13 points, as you mentioned. Stephon Gilmore had a good pick to seal out the half, except the Patriots gave it right back to him. Overall, impressive defense. Eh, so-so on the defense, or I can't really tell.
1: This defense has been just pretty meh all year, which I'm a little surprised by because they have some really strong pieces. Trey Flowers is one of the better pass rushers of the past decade on the Patriots. Stephon Gilmore is one of the best cornerbacks. They have a lot of good pieces. It just seems very lackluster. And I don't know if it's just schematic breakdowns or offenses are just so good these days. But, I mean, the Patriots set out to intentionally to try and stop the Jets from running the football. Part of that was getting out to an early lead, but part of it was also stacking the box. And that's what they did early on with their heavy fronts. They had John Simon out on the field. They had a Landon Roberts, Van Noy, a Hightower. They're playing with their seven-man fronts, being like, all right, Josh McCown, we want to challenge your accuracy. We want you to throw the ball. Because we believe that you will be less likely to extend drives or more likely to make a mistake than Isaiah Crowell coming out of the backfield. And the Jets bit on that. And the Jets said, all right, well, Josh McCown, let's see if you can win it. And for probably the first half, it looked like he might be able to pull it out because he was going toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. And he was finding all of his receivers. He was finding his tight ends. But the Patriots made halftime adjustments, which is something that we have not seen in a long time, or we haven't seen it consistently, and I'm still not sure exactly what it was that they did, but the Patriots players were saying after the game that the Jets were throwing stuff at them that they weren't ready for, or maybe they weren't exactly prepared to see. They made those adjustments, they settled down, and then they managed to pull away pretty
0: easily. Yeah, I mean, the Jets' leading receiver with Quincy, was Quincy Nunwa with 73 yards on four targets. That includes a 41-yarder, so really a lot of limiting the production for the Jets' offense. Again, it's Josh McCown, and he's good for, apparently, one or two 12-yard scrambles a game, which is infuriating. But overall, <laughs> it is what it is. And it's, it's interesting how the Patriots tend to just like to kind of sit back and, and take your, your punches for a quarter and a half or so. They figure you out, and they try to adjust. And as you said, they haven't really been adjusting well this year. Change that up this this, this past week against, against the Jets, which is nice. Let's talk about special teams as well, Rich. I think one area they've really struggled has been kick coverage and return coverage. And I think that Ryan Allen had a fantastic game, punting away from Robbie Anderson – not Robbie Anderson, excuse me, Roberts, um, getting the ball deep and unreturnable. I'm wondering if that's a scenario where there's just that much respect for the return game there. Or, if maybe Belichick sees something, realizes his coverage team kind of stinks this year, so rather than even risk it anymore, he's kicking the ball out of the end zone and having Ryan Allen shank him off out of bounds to ensure no one returns on that. What do you think is going on there with that one?
1: I mean, I think that's a really smart analysis of it. Because, I mean, the Patriots' coverage units have met been- awful they have been bottom five both kickoff coverage and punt coverage by uh, DVOA which is an advanced stat from football outsiders so they've just been really bad at it and so you know what instead of being below average might as well not even give it an option (laughs) kicking it out (laughs) of bounds is something that they've been able to do on kickoffs which they should probably do more consistently because they're just not good at it so why even bother giving them a chance if Goskowski absolutely and clearly has the leg to do so but there's Ryan Allen kicking it out of bounds is something new that we've seen. I don't know if maybe he's trying to pin them towards the sideline or something, but I'm on board with the idea of just kicking it out of bounds, just dropping it as close as you can, as deep as you can, because, I mean, if if you're not able to stop them, opposing teams are getting like a first down every time they try to return it. So you might as well not give them that opportunity, force them to go those extra yards against your defense where, you know, even if your defense isn't perfect, they're playing better than your special teams.
0: They are. It's remarkable to say that we're in November, late November, heading into December, and an area of concern for a Bill Belichick team is special teams. Never thought I'd see the day. Yeah, right. Along those lines, Rich, November's over. The next time the Patriots play will be December, the crucial month of December, when playoffs pushes and seedings and clinchings starts to happen, where the Patriots should be playing their best football. Do you think this team still has their best football ahead of them, or are we in a it-is-what-it-is situation at this point?
1: Oh, I'm fully on board that the best that we have to see of the offense is yet to come. They haven't fully been able to play together as a full unit. But you look at the talent that they have, I mean... Edelman is clearly looking amazing, but he hasn't been fully available due to the suspension. You talk about Gronkowski missing time with his injuries. You got uh, Sony Michelle dealing with his injuries. Josh Gordon is clearly and obviously settled in. The big question mark was with Chris Hogan. What is his role going to be? If he can catch two or three passes a week for 40 yards, that's fantastic. That's all they need from him. He just needs to do more than zero yards. And so... What the Patriots are trying to settle into is what are we going to be for an offensive identity? And they relied on Sony Michel for a good chunk of the middle of the season where he had three straight games of 100-plus yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. He you know, clearly blew that production out of the water against the Jets. But Michel has become the engine of the offense. He's become what has set the tone, what has forced opposing defenses to respect the play action in a way that – They don't have to do when he's on the sideline. So I think that the offense is finally getting healthy. Shaq Mason's out there. Marcus Cannon's out there. You get Michelle Gronk, as we mentioned, Edelman, uh, Josh Gore. Every, Every piece hasn't played together. They're here. The best is yet to come. The defense is another story, and I still don't know what's going on there.
0: Nor do I, Rich, but I guess time will tell. Last question I'll ask as we wrap this up. Are you at all worried about Tom Brady's knee or his bleeding thumb? That we saw getting taped up on the sidelines on Sunday.
1: Oh, I know, right? I mean, the fact that he was on the injury report for that botched catch that he had against the Tennessee Titans comes into the game and his other no, other knee has a bruise the size of a football and then he gets that cut on his hand it was just a disaster I hope that he's fine it was very clearly bothering him his hand was for like a little bit afterwards but they patched him up at halftime he was much better in the second half hopefully he's able to keep that protected and it can heal up because uh remember the last time his hand had a major cut that was last postseason uh didn't affect him in the super bowl so i hope it's not going to affect him now and in the long run i don't know we'll see well it takes a little bit longer to recover from injuries at this point in time and i don't think drinking a little extra water is going to be able to do the trick so well, uh I'm, I'm not too nervous yet but any any nick that happens to tom brady i'm going to be keeping a much closer eye on now than i would have you know 10
0: years ago all the more reason the page, which really need that first round playoff by Rich.
1: Oh, absolutely. Right. If they can get everyone healthy, if they can continue to rest everyone, there's no other team that'll benefit as much as they will. So we'll have to continue to keep our eye on the playoff picture. Patriots play the Minnesota Vikings at in New England next weekend. And, you know, that'll be a big game to really decide the playoff season. I mean, this is probably one of the, the big games left on the Patriots' schedule. I know that they have the Steelers game, but they have three games that are divisional. So if they can get past the Vikings, I think that the Patriots are in a really strong position to really assert their way to, to getting that playoff uh, by week. But we'll have more of that breaking down on our podcast later this week. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on Week 12?
0: It always feels good to beat the Jets, Rich Hill.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely. Cannot complain. And until next time, Alec... You have a good one. See you, bud. Later, man.